Hello and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train, Jared Freed, coming live from the West Village of Manhattan. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for being involved in the show. You're involved. Yeah. We take it. It's user generated. You have the issues. I mean, we all have issues. When I say you have the issues, the, the grander you. We, we all have issues. But you're sending them in. You tip, tap, 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 tap on the computer. You send them in. My guests and I read them, and we, you know, we, we, we commiserate. We tell stories from our own lives. We try to figure it out. We give you a perspective. Nobody here is an expert, myself included, myself especially. We're just people with opinions that really don't know you personally. We don't have anything against you. We're not for you. We're not against you. We're, I mean, we're for you. I'm for you. I'm 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 a you supporter, but I I'm just not gonna. I don't have anything else about you to know to be able to make some sort of assumption about you that maybe your friends would make. People are always like, "Why? Why would people ask you?" I'm like, I just think I'm. I think it's more that. I think I think one. I think people ask this because uh, come to this podcast because they know they're not going to be judged, and through the many hours. I mean, an embarrassing amount of hours of this podcast that exists out there. Um, you know, you've come to trust that I won't, you know, give you shit. I'll, I'll give you shit. I'll make I'll make fun, but I'll you know in a in a in a loving way. So I do want to thank you. You are a part of this show as much as I am. So thank you for emailing jtrainpodcast at gmail Keep sending in those emails. Keep we want your screenshot emails especially. Um, and listen, people, I'm on and and I'm on the road. If you're listening right now, I just got done in West Nyack, New York. That is like 30 minutes north of the city. Thank you for coming out, Rockland County. Um, I'm going to be in Philadelphia this weekend, people. Tickets are selling very well. Um, if you don't have your tickets, get them now. I'm going to be at the Punchline in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A lot of shows. It's a big room. Um, it'll be fun. Chanel Ali, who's been on this show before, she's going to be uh, opening. She's fantastic, hilarious. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Philadelphia, Pennsylvania this weekend. Get those tickies and, and bring a friend, a coworker. I, I mean, I the jokes are for everybody. Then I'm coming to the West Coast, uh, Oxnard, California, and Brea, California, um, and L.A. L.A. sold out very quickly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oxnard and Brea, if you're in those areas or if you're in L.A., come come to one of those shows because there's two in each town. So Oxnard, Brea, L.A., Sacramento. Can't wait to come back to Sacramento. It's been a while. Uh, Miami, just added. Doing a Miami show. One night only, myself and Ricky Velez. Uh, hilarious comic. Just had a... HBO special come out, so Ricky will be there. San Francisco, baby. Love San Fran. Uh, coming to Pittsburgh, Omaha, uh, Hartford. I skipped over Hartford for some reason. I'm going to be in Hartford, then San Francisco, then Pittsburgh. I've never done, maybe I think I did stand up in Pittsburgh once at like a bar early on, but I've never done a club in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, Omaha, Columbus, and then just added to the calendar. Providence, Rhode Island, and Nashville, Tennessee. So go, go, go. Dayton, Albany, that's all later in the year. But jaredfree.com for tickets. I mean, I come, I do stand-up, and my goal is a laugh every 10 seconds for an hour. That's the goal. That's the goal of any stand-up comedian. So knowing that's my goal, you should know, well, what does he do? Because I know some people come to the shows and they go, I don't know, I like his podcast, I'm just going to come. Laugh every 10 seconds. That's the goal. So people. Bring, and knowing that's my goal, that's 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 me saying to you, trust it. Bring a friend, coworker, brother, sister, mama, papa. That's how the whole thing works. It's a fun night. Jaredfree.com for tickets. Jaredfree.com for tickets. Let me just say this. Um, today, you're, my guest is you. It's an alone episode. I did an alone luxury lounge. Um, and I love doing and, and just to kind of show what I do on Patreon with the Luxury Lounge. So this is the Alone J Train. And I don't know. I just felt like doing it. I have all these emails and some of them are long and I wouldn't read them with a guest because it just gets too long. And it's hard. And But 
What I do on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jared Freed, for five bucks a month, there's three extra podcasts a week. One of them's called One More Email. And I kind of, I always say, dim the lights. We're going to get through a lot of emails today. But basically what I do on the dim the lights, one more email episode of, uh, of on the Patreon is I go through the emails a little bit slower, a little bit line by line. It's not like this big ramble afterwards. It's more of a, you know, it's just going through the email, you know, and, and, and you're going to see, I'm going to do it this way. That's how I'm going to answer these ones today. So it's an alone episode. Buckle up. Um, I'm even going to do the ads live. Why not? Let's do the first one. J Train podcast submission. Patronizing rejection texts. Okay. When I read that title, patronizing rejection texts, I don't trust it right away. And this is, again, I do the, this is how I kind of read the emails on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jared Free, three extra podcasts a week for five bucks a month. Um, I, I, I always look at the title because when I hear patronizing rejection texts, turning someone down over text sucks. Let me, let me, let me empathize with the turning down person because listen, I know it sucks to get turned down, but that to write that text, let's look from the other side. What do you even say? What would be a good rejection text? Is no text at all good? No, that's called ghosting. Or if you don't like them, that's called fizzling. You, do, do we see how difficult this is? So, and, and there's no attachment. When I see no attachment for patronizing or rejection text, I can't even look at the text. So I'm, I'm assuming this person is getting upset with the text they're receiving when things don't end in marriage. Like, and, and let's also empathize with that. It's either marriage or rejection text. And then it's like, well, how do I write this rejection text? Again, I'm on the emailer side. I'm just bringing this up when I see the title. Jared. I'm a woman in her late 20s actively dating and using the apps. I'm reaching out with a question regarding a quote-unquote trend I've been experiencing lately. I'm prompted, presumptive, and patronizing rejection texts. What's the deal with these? So, again, it's listen, we, I have no doubt that, some of the, that these texts are patronizing or feel that way. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I, I have no doubt. Your feelings are correct no matter what. But let's also, you know, I, I think sometimes what goes into your feelings are the perspective. In the last year or so, I've been on a handful of first dates. These are dates that I'd describe as quote unquote fine, not quote unquote bad, no horror stories, just not enough excitement on my end to want anything more beyond that date. I've walked away from these telling the guy that I had fun or occasionally sending I got home safe thank you text, but nothing beyond that to indicate further interest. Well... Well, and then she writes, in my mind, that's just polite, and I don't see myself as, quote-unquote, ghosting or vice versa. If I don't text further, as long as they don't reach out asking for another date. See, you're in the... See, this is where I'm... I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Because you're... It's easier to receive than give. You're saying, I don't see myself ghosting if I don't text further as long as they don't reach out asking for another date. So your position, it's easier to, you know, to hit the ball back than it is to, to hit it, to, to serve it, to, in my opinion. Because what you're saying is, well, I, they can't read your mind. If someone said to me after a first date, I got, I got home say thank you, but nothing beyond that, I don't know what I would think. I would also think, well, if I want to go on a date with them or if I was like in the middle about it, if I had a fine time to... Maybe if I had a fine time, maybe you had a fine time and you expect a second date. I'm just saying it's more difficult than it's being, than this is kind of indicating. On multiple occasions, though, I've received long winded rejection texts from these guys, some of which feel like borderline manifestos. See, this is where she might be, she, where I, I'm, I'm with her. Because you can simply write, to me, you go on a date that's fine. And then you say, and we also have to admit to the atmosphere. The atmosphere is ghosting bad. Guys who ghost, fuck boys, assholes, whatever. So uh, anyone who ghosts, let me know, I won't make it gender specific. Ghosting bad. That's, that's the atmosphere. And when we have these definitions, it gets confusing. So I'm, 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 I'm believe me, I know I am empathizing way more with 
quote unquote the villain in the situation, but I'm letting you know, you know, there's there's context and nuance to everything. If the message to you is a long winded, you know, there's a there's a right way to write it and a wrong way to write it, and then there's a gray in between. So, borderline manifestos. And these texts, not they not only express that they don't want to see me again, they seem to make a lot of assumptions about my interest level and include a lot of condescendings, you go girl type language. This is, well, this is also their problem, not yours. This is not about you. And I know you know that. I mean, people do this. I think you're great and you're amazing. And they, they're trying to explain, you know, the hardest part about dating is, and, and being, during the time of apps and no one judging you for going out with multiple people at once is, you know, you have to end things with people that are quote unquote fine for you. To me, they're explaining themselves to everyone, not you. You're great. And it's like, it's not about me being great. Hey, I had a great, I mean, to me, appropriate text. Here's an example of the latest text I've gotten like this. Received three days after our date with no post-date communication leading up to this. Okay, so three days after your date, no post-date communication. I would assume other than a, hey, had a, hey, got home safe, thank you. Hey, blank, it was great meeting you the other night. I had a lot of fun. I'm so sorry to do this, but I just don't see this going any further. I know that's probably what you don't want to hear. Yeah, I'd take out that part. But I hope you can appreciate that I'd never want to lead you on or ghost you. That part is fine to me. I don't want to waste your time. That, they could have ended at that. <laughs> it, well, hold on. Hey, Blank, it was great to meet you the other night. Had a lot of fun. I'm sorry to do this uh, to you, but I just don't see this going any further. I know that's probably what you don't want to hear, but I've, I hope you can appreciate that, and I'd never want to lead you on or ghost you. They didn't have to say, you shouldn't assume other people's feelings. I guess that would be the rule. But to me, if it stopped, but then it keeps going. I don't want to waste your time. And this way you can focus on your other options rather than waiting to hear from me in any way. You are an awesome girl and a great catch. And I'm sure you'll have no problem meeting a guy who is great for you. Best of luck out there. Uh, Not so bad. I'm okay with it. And I'm, again, I would make, if this person was my friend and sent it to me, I would be like, take out best of luck out there. Take out assuming her feelings, you know, something you don't want to hear. Um, I, I'd make some edits, but the intent is there. To me, that's not so bad because we have to assume. This is also me going as a person sitting here in the dating world myself. These are hard things to write. And, it, you know, you're saying this was a fine date with no communication afterwards, no sex, no hooking up, I'm assuming, because that's the only thing I can assume. You haven't said that. She writes, like, dude, really? Does this guy genuinely think he's being nice by sending me this and not see anything patronizing about this message? Um, I would say he doesn't. You know, I, I don't know. Again, my fee, if if he was my friend and was like, hey, I'm going to send this to someone I went on a date with that just I don't feel the connection with, I would say a few edits, but the let's take the intent. The intent is I, I don't want to go with someone. I think they're nice, but they're just not for me. Is this something he has uh, saved as a stock message on his phone that he uses for everyone? See, or did, he, did I do something to indicate that I needed a message like this versus nothing, which is not ghosting? I prefer this. See, to say you prefer ghosting, you're preferring something that is publicly known as negative. Or a brief, great to meet you, but I don't see this going further text without all the extras. See, that's the thing. It, this Does this pretentious cumwad, I mean, again, you're, I, I understand this is, I understand they made assumptions about you that like, oh, they must like me. And that stinks. And I understand why that hurts and stinks. I, I've gotten this text. I've received this text. And What's the intent? The intent is to let you know I just don't want to go out with you anymore, but I did have a nice time and I don't want to hurt you. Does this pretentious cumwad think I'm a friendless friendless loser waiting by the phone for him and after just one date? I would say you've gone a step beyond with that. I, I don't think he thinks that. <laughs> I don't think he wrote this, uh, let me text this friendless loser so I can get rid of her. That's not what he said. Is this him trying to win or beat me to the punch for not texting him back? Uh, see, when you write that, 
The, to me, when you say, is this him trying to win or beat me to the punch for not texting him back? To me, that's when we get into your problem as opposed to his. You know, now it's like, you know, this is where the ghosting things like I kind of agree with him. He let's let's put a bow on this situation. And again, ghosting bad that you can't some people and don't assume just because ghosting is is cool with you that just admit to the atmosphere. When I run these scenarios and text by my male and female friends, the response are overwhelmingly in favor of the guy praising him for being kind and not ghosting. See, but I get way more annoyed by these texts than I have ever gotten ghost by ghosting, even true ghosting, where I reached out asking for another date. I know I might sound overly sensitive here, and I'm not bitter, uh, I'm not bitter about the specific guy who sent send these, but getting a text like this is a blow to my ego in some ways. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, regardless of who sends it. It does mess with my confidence a little bit as I try to pursue guys I do feel chemistry with, i.e., was the guy I didn't find attractive out of my league, i.e., was the guy I didn't find attractive, quote unquote, out of my league, and therefore is the guy um, I do find attractive also out of my league. See, would love to get the male perspective on this, potentially change my mindset when I do receive these texts. I would say, I mean, I hear you. You're, I understand. I guess your last sentence, if I can go back to it, it does mess with my confidence a little bit as I try to pursue guys I do feel chemistry with because you're saying... You're basically saying, if I do feel chemistry with them, how, if the guys I do feel chemistry with, I get if I'm reviewing this, you're saying, if the guys I don't feel chemistry with are feeling are, are feeling like they have to send this text, what, what what does it say? The guys who do feel chemistry with, you know, I I would say to you, the thing to change your mindset is their intent. I I agree. There's a lot. There's there's fat to this message. If I was his, if I was this guy's friend, I would be like, let's trim the fat. I could I could edit this to be a little bit better. But I don't disagree with sending it and the intent and sending it. Let's let's remember why people do the things they do and not and kind of give grace to the things to the how they do it. You know, to me and and your friends are saying kind of what I'm saying. And I'm not going to praise him for being kind and not ghosting. I'm going to say, yeah, this is just what it is. It's not, I don't think he's a better person. I don't think he's a worse person. I think he's just someone trying to get by. Here's the thing. He is just someone trying to get through the day and feel like they're not a horrible person. And you know what? They said, hey, so I'm, I'm going to send this text so I can make sure I can. It, again, it's so personally motivated. I'm going to send this text so I can move on. Not you. This is about them. So they're just trying to get out the door feeling okay and i would say to you the other thing i would say to you is you have to understand i think the the main point of this email is understanding just because you don't find you find ghosting to be the better route that is not what people are told that's not what society's telling us this guy's living by society's measures not yours they don't know you well enough to know that you know, if it, it might be a good toggle on a dating app, wouldn't that be great? If that on uh, prefers ghosting, prefers a text, that's a good idea for Hinge or whatever dating app. You know, one of those prompts. If we don't get, a, if we have just a fine date, I would like a text. If you don't want a second date, I would like a text or a ghosting. That would help, but you don't have that. That's that's what would need to happen to have the world that you want because you're saying this has happened multiple times and that's why I'm you're saying it's a trend. Well, you know, I kind of get why. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. You're here in a loan episode. Do hot guys of all ages cap their app search to women under 40? I mean, I here's the thing. I know what this question is just from the title. I can't tell you that. I can't give you the do a hot guys. <laughs> We're sponsored people. Ooh, Brooklinen. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Brooklinen. I'm such a fan of Brooklinen. I love that they've extended their line into, you know, they're the the cozy capital. That's where you're going to get cozy. That's where you're going to feel good. That's where you're going to, you know, you're just going to scrunch up in your bed and you're going to have to thank Brooklyn. 
The days may be shorter, but that just means the nights are longer. And Brooklyn wants to make sure you have everything to keep you comfy on these cold winter nights. I have my Brooklyn sheets. I'm looking at them right now. They're so comfy. They're so great. And here's, here's you want to do yourself a favor. Use my promo code, and I'm going to give it to you at the end. You buy them. Make a, here's your, here's a Sunday for you. You get them delivered. Sunday, you go do laundry. I know, this doesn't sound glamorous. You throw them in the laundry, okay? You wash them good. You put them in the, and then you put them in the dryer and you get them hot. Put them on your, and then you, and do this all around like three o'clock so that you can get it done around five so you can have an early bedtime. Make the bed. Make it as best as you ever made it. I am telling you that is a spa treatment. Getting into a freshly made bed after it's been in the wash, spa treatment, and do it with Brooklinen. It's simple. Starting the new year off right means starting the new year off rested. I almost read rested as restead. Man, <laughs> maybe I need some rest. Hit reset for 2022 with top-notch sleep thanks to Brooklinen's five-star bedding. It's it, it is five-star. If you're looking for a more comfy comforter, Brooklinen is the place to go. They come in lightweight, all-season, and ultra-warm to suit every type of sleeper and lifestyle. There's even a weighted comforter option for stress relief. At Brooklinen, comfort goes way beyond the bedroom. This is what I love. They were like, we're going to be the comfy capital of the country. Their collection includes everything from robes and towels to super soft loungewear, so the cozy just keeps on coming. There's a reason Brooklinen has over 80,000 five-star reviews and counting. Okay, here's that promo code so that you can have the Sunday I described, which is a spa treatment in my belief. Refresh your rest with the comfort essentials from Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com. Use promo code JTRAIN20 for $20 off your purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code JTRAIN20 for $20 off your purchase of $100. See? There it is. And that's a that's a huge win. I, I'm having that Sunday. I'm doing it. I'm doing it this Sunday. Do hot guys of all ages cap their app search to women under 40? Hi, love your content. I'm a loyal listener. J Train, you up in the Bachelor? Thank you. And I saw your socially distanced show in Dallas back in October 2020. Well, thank you. I've been single and on the apps for about two years and was one and was one of those people who was super excited to try them because I never had. I have several friends in their mid to late 30s. I'm 44, and they are always showing me the hot guys they match with. I promise I know that looks aren't the most. Well, I think, you, you know, it's, you're not being really fair to yourself. Like, it's always going to look, grass is always greener. Why don't I get those hot guys? Well, you probably are, or you probably, you know, because your matches are never going to seem as great as your friend's matches, I, I don't think. Because... Your matches, you know. Let's let's talk about Hinge. They're they're making you start the conversation. They're liking your picture, not starting the conversation. Ugh, you know. There's an ick factor where you go, oh well, fine. I promise. I know that looks aren't the most uh, most important thing, but after being in a ten year relationship with almost no physical intimacy, I was just looking to have fun, date around for a while, and this is a phenomenon. I couldn't help but notice. My theory is that the most attractive men on the the apps of any age have their pick of the women. So they up their standard by capping their age range at 39 to 40. 39 or 40. Yes, even if they themselves are in their 40s. What do you think? Do men really always just always want to date the youngest possible women they can get? So (laughs) then she gives... She gives her Instagram and then says, additional info if needed. I've been on and off of Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, and even a couple different matching, matchmaking sites. I'm 44, but I, uh, but I do have a young vibe. I still go like to go out and have fun, and I work in the fitness industry, so I stay in pretty decent shape. I've tried to meet guys through friends, and I'm still o- totally open to meeting someone in real life, but it's been tough since I became single right before the pandemic and then moved to a new city six months ago, and I work from home, so IRL is just going to be a slower process. Okay, listen, I'm sure they're beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm on her Instagram. She's beautiful. She seems fun. 
I mean, I think this is a little bit more in, I mean, a little bit in her head. And all of this is in our own head. You know, you look at your own profile. Am I doing the right thing? Is it really, you know, do I look great? Am I, and I think this goes into the land of like pleasing someone else. You know, and where instead you got to please your own sensibilities. I mean, I'll say sometimes the answer is in the email. You know, you say, I think this is in your head because, but, you know, I know that, I promise I know that looks aren't the most important thing, but after being in a 10 year relationship with almost no physical intimacy. So you're in a 10 year relationship. So I, again, like, I'm going to tell you right now, maybe this is something to speak with a professional about. I am not a professional. But when I see a sentence like that, like, you know, you're coming, you, you, there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of post-traumatic stress to that. You know, you're with someone 10 years and almost no physical intimacy. You're going, am I, you know, you're, you're, you, I would understand questioning your own worth and do I look good enough and all that stuff that is hard, you know, the, that is really difficult to get over. And we're all sitting here being like, am I enough? You know, is there, you know, all that stuff. But I think looking over your shoulder at other people's matches not going to help you. Nuh-uh. I mean, at that point, you get in the comparison game, it's over. And then what you're doing is, you, you know, you're doing the comparison game with the people in their 30s and you're going, and, and you're, you're almost, I think there's a, some sort of term for this. And I'm sure someone will DM me it. But it's like you're, you're looking for ways to agree with your own hypothesis. You know, you, you're, 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 hey, I have a feeling men in their 40s are, ca- I have a feeling men are capping their women at 40 because I'm not getting hot men. Let me look at my friends in their 30s and, and see their matches, the people that they wanted to match with. I don't think, I don't, I don't believe that's the case. I will say this. You're going to have on dating apps, you have men looking for hookups. So let me, if you, if if the only thing I'll say about the age part is if they're looking for hookups, they're going to assume someone who is older is looking for something more serious than someone who is younger or, and that's an assumption a lot of guys will make even, you know, and that is all assumptions and stupidity. And I think that if you've met a 22-year-old, a 22-year-old, I mean, as I've learned from The Bachelor, <laughs> the contestants that go on that are 22, they go, I've been single my whole life. And they think they're as old as someone in their 40s, which isn't that old. So I think especially Hinge, where you can send a like, I think that I think your theory you can find a way to back up your theory if you want but I just don't believe it. I think and also you're a good-looking woman. You're going to be fine. jtrainpodcast@gmail.com. jtrainpodcast@gmail.com. Fiance and I sleep in different rooms. Is this normal? Well, is it normal? Everyone isn't normal. Everyone has their things. I could find my way to like this being normal. I haven't read the email, but I could, I could get to like, again, when I talked about like, why do people write into this podcast? And it's like, cause, cause I would never look at, Hey, fiance and I sleep in a different room and go, weirdos that's not my first reaction oh why because listen i i've dated people and then been like i don't want to do a sunday night sleepover especially when i was working when i was working in the corporate world i'd be like no monday i want to get started i i remember feeling that way so i could see how someone and especially as i get older people get into their own groove and they go, well, I'm, you know, I'm just not going to move from this groove on certain things. So I can understand how this could happen. 
Jared, love, love, love your podcast, IG stories, and more. Thank you. I'll be in the audience on March 10th at your Pittsburgh PA show at the Improv, and I cannot wait. I can't wait to be in Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. That sounds like I'm lying. I'm not as a Penn State guy. I got a lot of Pittsburgh people in my life. My fiance and I have been dating for almost three years. We just recently got engaged in October. Congratulations. Over the time we have been together, we have never slept in the same bed due to his extremely loud snoring. See, again, the the answer's in the context and the nuance. If the snoring's crazy loud, I actually think, why wouldn't a couple have a, let's have one, Let's have one bedroom for both of us where all the fun stuff happens. Like, There should be adult game rooms. And the adult game room is like, you know, where all the, the sexy time happens, the snuggling, the cuddling, and then everyone goes back to their own. I guess you'd have to have a lot, you know, be able to afford three bedrooms for the couple and then if you have kids. But, but the extremely loud snoring, I love him to death and I want to wake up next to him, but I treasure my sleep. Is this odd? Yeah, it's odd uh, compared to the world. In the same way, it's odd to me that someone would want would prefer ghosting. But I do understand why they. I based on their email, I can understand why that's it works. Why ghosting is is their preference. But I treasure my sleep. Is this odd? Will this lead to a divorce? I I, I don't think so. I think if you talk about it, I think. I would also, are we normal? I, yeah, every, you're, everyone's abnormal, which makes you normal. He refuses to go to an ENT and get some help and just says, I have to deal with it. Well, this is the abnormal part. Refusing is a lack of compromise. Like sleeping in the different beds thing. Let's say he tried and, and also you kind of get used to it, you know, let me let me empathize with him refusing. You don't know why he's refusing. If he, ref, he him refusing is is where I go. This is where I stop. Not sleeping in different beds. I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Loud snoring, sure, you totally get it. Will will we get a divorce? No, I don't think so. He refused to go to an ENT. Oh, I don't know. You might have some communication issues here. And get some help and just says I have to deal with it. Like, I wouldn't want to be in any relationship where someone goes deal with it. I I would want some type of effort made for me or some some more of an explanation. I mean, if you guys were sleeping in separate beds and then he was like got, went and got help, let's let's look at it a different way. You sleep in a different in separate beds. You may you go, "Can you go to an ENT?" He goes, "Fine." He goes, they give him these exercises or whatever to try and help him. And then he you guys get in the bed and you do a month in the bed and he goes, I got to talk to you. I loved sleeping alone. That I would go, okay, now we're cooking here. We're, we're negotiating this out. I would, I would actually like empathize with him. I gotten so used to sleep, sleeping alone. Oh, I love sleeping with, you know what I mean? Like I, I could see, she writes, I made him an appointment for an ENT next month and he will be going. <laughs> see now, now it becomes this emotional argument you're going to the ENT and and listen he he may be afraid because he's heard in my mind is that why you wear a CPAC and those CPACs do not look comfortable to sleep in CPAP I mean I'm looking at them you know they look like Darth Vader I mean especially as as a person I sleep on my stomach he might be afraid of that, but look at micro CPAP devices. Are they effective? I mean, I'm sure they're looking for ways to make the CPAP more comfortable, but I'm, I'm also sure, like if he's worried about a CPAP, I could say he's, he's just avoiding, hey, this, here's what he's avoiding in the most empathetic way I can be. He's avoid, because this is how I would be. If he's not going to compromise, I'm like, why won't he even, you're, you're engaged. Why would he not even like cross the bridge? The reason I'm seeing is that he thinks the CPAP machine's coming. And listen, I'm talking out of my ass. I don't even know if these help with snoring. But 
he sees that his sleep might get interrupted because they'll have a cure. But the only cure is for him to be less comfortable. And he's like, I'm just not going to go at all because I don't want to be uncomfortable. And then I don't want to have to get in the fight with my, you know, my fiance that I'm not even trying when actually I did. So I could see. I made an appointment for an EMT next month and he will be going. But I can't help but think this is not normal. When we go anywhere, we have to get two hotel rooms or a house with separate rooms. That's a little abnormal. How loud is the snoring? How do we work on this together? Am I the one who will have to deal with this? Or is this destined to ruin our relationship? Thank you for all you do. I, I love starting my week with your podcast, CM Pittsburgh. I don't think it's destined to ruin your relationship. See, when you go anywhere, you have to get two hotel rooms. To me, when someone says, you have to deal with it, I'm not, I refuse. To me, that shows fear. So I think you got to take it. When you say, I want you to go to an ENT, I think you got to take a step back. What do you fear about the ENT? What, what is it that you fear? He might say, I fear that we're going to have to sleep in the same bed. I really like what's going on here. He, and then you might say, well, don't you, you know, then it's a different conversation. He might say, I'm fearing that they're going to have to make me wear a helmet and I won't be able to sleep myself and you'll be fine. And then this is just the rest of my life. I don't know what his fears are, but I would get into the fear. Why won't, why, what is he afraid of finding out there? Because I, 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 it's not, no one just says I'm not going. There's something that preceded the I'm not going. And when you go anywhere and you have to get two hotel rooms, I mean, this is like not even cost effective or a house with separate rooms. Like, and I know this is also you, you know, to me, you can't do a couple nights on vacation with the snoring. How loud is the snoring? Have you taped it for him? Have you shown him how loud the snoring is? Have you worn ear? Have you given the option of ear um, blockers? Again, are, 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 is it go to the ENT and there's no other discussion? Then you're not really talking. That's the weird part, not the sleeping in different rooms. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. One more sponsor, people. The J Train is brought to you by Upstart. What's your biggest dream? Starting a family? Moving to a new city? Starting something new can be stalled by high interest loans and credit card debt. Oh no, that's why there's Upstart. To help make your dream come true with personal loans that help you pay off your existing debt quickly. Here's what I'm telling you. I don't know. If you have debt, I'm speaking to you. If you don't, fast forward. That's okay. If you have debt, right now you're paying a rate. This is all about seeing if the upstart rate is lower than the one you're paying. That's like finding money in your pocket. Because now on a monthly basis, you're paying less. Maybe you have debt in multiple places. You can combine it with upstart. Pay it all off. Now you're paying in one place. And that com if their combined rate of all that debt is higher than the upstart rate, you're making money. Over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score, so rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model, the Upstart's model considers factors like your income and employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. And Upstart lets you check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes. That's huge. So you can look it up, you can know. This might not help you. Maybe it's not a better rate, then you move on. But at least you know, with loans ranging from $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash JTrain. That's upstart.com slash JTrain. Don't forget to use my URL to let them know I sent you. Here's the fine print. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash JTrain. There we go, people. We're done with the ads. I like this email. Am I crazy? <laughs> I love when I email. Am I crazy? Well, writing that makes you a little crazy. No, you're fine. Boyfriend's female coworker. Ooh. Big fan, Patreon subscriber, all the feathers. Well, you're going to like this. Reading it today. I had a situation recently where I was made to feel like an insane person. Okay, that sentence is triggering. I was made to feel like an insane person because I don't think you're insane. Okay, just starting out. Maybe I, I think we our emotions can get the best of us, but we're going to see. My boyfriend who has worked at his job for around six months. Okay, so it's relatively new. 
it's an unconventional job and they have an option they have optional office nights every thursday at a bar let me read that again my boyfriend has worked at his job around six months so it's a new job it's an unconventional job and they have optional office nights every thursday at a bar significant others and friends are welcome Okay, sometimes I will come to office nights. I don't, I don't, why are they calling it office nights? I hate that name. Are they drinking? Are they hanging out? So that's not the office. So this is, it's a coworker happy hour, it seems like. Sometimes I'll come to office nights with him as a way to spend a little more time together on weeknights, and I generally like his coworkers. Okay, good. There's one girl at his office who I'll call Maddie. We became friends pretty. We became friendly pretty quickly. She recently became single, and since then has been drinking a little more and has been too touchy flirty with my boyfriend at office nights, and it made me feel uncomfortable. Okay, <clears throat> I see nothing. It listen. Someone becomes single and they're touching your boyfriend. That's uncomfortable. I see nothing that's, and, and it would, I can understand why I feel you're in a bar, there's alcohol. I can understand why your feelings are valid. The third time it happened this past Thursday, I pulled her aside and expressed, okay, now you're talking to her. You've become friendly with her. Hey, expressed how I, I felt and said she probably didn't even realize she was doing it. She apologized. She said I was glad I said something and that she'd make sure it doesn't happen again. To me, there's more to this email, but right now where we stand, love it. Hey, Maddie, I get a little, that's vulnerable of you. I get a little, when you, when you laugh and throw your head over my boyfriend's arm and touch his arm, it makes me uncomfortable. I know you're recently single and maybe I'm just seeing things. I mean, like when you say she probably didn't even realize she was doing it, you're letting her off the hook. Just letting you know. So I like what you did. I thought we'd handled in a mature way and everything would be fine, but I was wrong, she writes in capitals. I got a call from my boyfriend today saying that Maddie told many of the girls in the office that I had confronted her and screamed at her for hitting on my boyfriend that I was crazy. Oy, this is not, that's horrible. Listen, you're the emailer. You have no reason to lie to me. I don't believe you're you're lying, quote unquote, to me. Pulling her aside and express how you felt, and she probably didn't realize what he was doing. He, 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 there's three sides to every story: your side, her side, and the truth. And the truth probably somewhere in the middle. I'm willing to believe you because of the way you're explaining it here. It seems pretty, you know, to pull her aside and do that. But to, I can. And the reason I trust you a little bit more is because it can be jarring. If you, do, if you really believe you weren't flirting with someone and someone says, hey, you're flirting with my boyfriend, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and I guess their first reaction is like, well, well, fuck you. You know what I mean? But I don't, not to say I agree with them, but I'm saying this is why they're going to everyone in the office to make sure that they're not the crazy one. told many of the girls in the office I had confronted her and screamed. Like when you say the word screamed, when no one screamed, you're doing that to kind of like get people to your side. For hitting on my boyfriend that I was crazy. This obviously got back to him and now I feel very uncomfortable with the whole situation. My question is first, what did I do wrong here that she needed to flip the narrative as she did? She's fearful. I don't think he did anything wrong, but I think, again, to go back to what I was saying before, when, when you're called out, quote unquote, and it comes as a surprise, you go into protection mode and you feel naked. I can understand that she, her, you know, so I don't think you did anything wrong, but I can understand why she flipped the narrative. She flipped the narrative because she's fearful of who else did you tell? Who else did your boyfriend tell? She's got, she's in full on protection mode. So, the protection mode is make you the crazy one, say that you screamed, say that you were crazy so that she's not crazy and not a flirt and not someone who's pursuing a guy with, that she knows has a girlfriend. Again, the truth is somewhere in the middle. I'm not saying you, you I'm going by based on what you told me. Could I have handled this better? I don't think you could have. I think if I go back to what you said, I pulled her aside and expressed how I felt and said she probably didn't even realize she was doing it. 
here's one edit if I'm if, since you're asking and it's something I thought of before I wouldn't have said you don't even realize you're doing it I would have also put it on myself maybe I'm being just touchy and a protective girlfriend but I just want to let you know I'm seeing what I'm feeling put it on you a little bit so it's like hey we're all even though you don't believe that and then I I don't think you should believe that I'm just saying that I when you call someone out you also have to like kind of protect against what's going on right now you have to know this person is going how do I get my message across without them blowing this out of proportion which she has done and I think she's blowing it out of proportion because she's fearful that she has a reputation now. And your boyfriend, who's been there for six months, and I don't know how long Maddie's been there, but she doesn't, she's, she took out the, she put on the war paint, so to speak. And again, maybe if you had said, I, this is the only edit I would give, but it's not, it's not even a big one. It's just to say, no, I, I could have seen something that I wasn't meant to see, and I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just, you know, I, I, that's on, that's on me. You could have put it on you a little bit. That's the only thing I'll say. And second, how do I move from here? He and I have been together for two and a half years and I trust him completely, but I don't know what to do. Thank you. Uh, apparently the crazy girlfriend. I don't think you're crazy at all. I think this is, I think this is normal cause and effect. I think what's gone on here to me is, it's it's unreasonable, but it's I, I, I see how it happens. You see the girl t- touching your boyfriend's arm. You pull her aside. Hey, I just noticed a little touchy feel with my boyfriend. She gets personally offended because she's doesn't believe she is being that way. She tell and then she feels uh, fearful that the rest of the office thinks of her that way. So then she comes out harder against you to make you the bad guy, not her. So it all makes sense. I guess, like, to and, and I'm sure you're sitting here being like, I just want this to end. I don't want to be the crazy girlfriend. I don't want to feel uncomfortable when I, I want to be able to go to these work events. I would, I guess there's two ways you could go about it, If it, in my opinion. You have the boyfriend go up to her. Hey, I'm I'm hearing these things. I just want to let you know. And I went and spoke to my girlfriend. So like he kind of plays, you know, he plays the mediator. I spoke to my girlfriend. I, I heard a few things and I went and spoke to my girlfriend and she had a different story than what I'm hearing. And I just want to let you know, like there's no anything here. Like maybe he like smooths it over and he says to her, Hey, I just want to let you know, like it's, you know, and, and and he shouldn't blame you or throw you under the bus. I think what he should do is, hey, my boy, my girlfriend doesn't feel that is is really not mad at you, and and never told anyone else. I would I would address the fears that I'm assuming she had. Hey, my girlfriend, she didn't say anything to anyone. She didn't even tell me that night. But now I'm hearing back from people here at work that you're saying she's crazy and all the and that she screamed at you. And I went and talked to her because I didn't want her, I, I, I wouldn't want her screaming at anyone. And she says that didn't happen. And I just want to let you know, like, there's no hard feelings here. Everyone's fine. But I just want to make sure we smooth this over because I don't want anything to be weird. Maybe he goes to her. The other option is we go to the next work night and you go right up to her and go, hey, I just want to, like, make sure we're cool. I, I totally didn't mean to, like, make you feel that I was talking badly about you or felt anything more than just a passing thing that could have been me you know then you put it on you it could have been just something i saw and i just want to make sure we're cool because my boyfriend i you know he said that people said i screamed which wasn't the case so i just want to make sure we're cool like maybe that's the way that sounds better to me but then maybe that's the way to go jtrainpodcast at gmail.com jtrainpodcast at gmail.com this is an alone episode if you're enjoying this patreon.com slash jared freed we do one more email it's every friday on the patreon app i also do a luxury lounge there and i do coffee with j train let's do let's do this one 
This one is called, How Do I Get My Friends to Take Me Off Mute? And then it has a follow-up email that says, I was too Bloody Marys deep when I sent the above email and forgot to add a little more context. So let's get into it. Take you off mute. Thank you for the hours of laughter and the countless pieces of advice. My question has more to do with my friendships than my treacherous dating life, though they're linked. Okay. I like this one. I love a lifestyle email. It's a little longer. I definitely wouldn't answer this if it were with a guest, so let's do it. I've always joked, though I believe it, that I'm the side character of my own story. I'm the Judy Greer or the Catherine Hahn, if you will. Okay. If... <laughs> already how do i get my friends to take me off mute when you say you're the judy Gre i don't know who judy greer is but i'm gonna look i know who katherine hahn is and i know that she's like the best friend in every rom-com but we're our and and listen we're here to help you okay yeah judy greer's the redhead she's the best friend in like a thousand yeah yeah, yeah. she's in she's in like every rom-com as the friend I'm going to her IMDb. And it's uh, 13 going on 30. She is in the Ant-Man movie. Um, let's go to her. So I get it. But here's, here's what I'm saying. How do I get my friends to take me off mute? Okay. If you want to get off mute, these references, if, if I have to Google a reference... You see what I'm talking about? Okay, but I'm just saying like, but maybe maybe it's your friends, if you will. Though I believe it that I'm the side character of my own story. I'm the Judy Greer, because a Judy Greer reference is reserved to me to one person you're texting and you have to know that person will get it. If you're on a group chat and Judy Greer is reference and it's 10 people, everyone goes, enough. You know what I mean? If you will. I know I have main character potential. I'm sure you're a main character. I am positive. I'm a 28-year-old female. I'm an attorney. live by myself. I'm an independent to a fault, I've been told. But I also know that the main plot line of a lot of stories surrounds the main character's love life, and mine has always been non-existent. Rather, I've always been the friend who lends a thoughtful listening ear. It's important to know your strengths, and listening and giving legitimate feedback is one of mine. I see nothing wrong with that, and I don't see why... That makes you a side character. I, I think you can be the lead of a, of a movie and be a good listener. My feedback is validating, filled with advice, or blunt, de, uh, or blunt depending on what I believe that my individual friends need at the time. And the friend who is the, the, in the passenger seat as my friend drives around and talks to me about the same boy over and over again, I don't mind it at all. I love that my friends know I'm a safe space. Where it's, where it's gone wrong, though, is that I haven't really found my safe space. Okay. I've always been embarrassed about my non-existent love life. When people start to talk about dating, I shut down. Your advice for single people always includes having your friends, uh, have your friends bring your, uh, you around your, their boyfriend's friends, but mine don't do that. Okay. Okay. And I really don't think I'm that bad. So I don't really understand it. Well, here's what I would say to you. And this is, I guess this is about your dating life. You can't have what you don't ask for. And I get, you know, you can listen all day long, but you got to speak up at some point. And you got to get creative. Sometimes when you're the listener, you're just taking it in and you're giving advice and you're, but maybe you have to be the one to propose some ideas. And again, everyone is, when you talk about this main character, side character thing, everyone is the main character of their own movie. You wrote this email from the main character point of view. So you're the main character of your own movie. So everyone's thinking of themselves. So I understand where you're like, well, why don't they bring me around their boyfriend's friends? Well, maybe you got to make a plan that creates that. And when they say no, you go, what's the deal? I thought we were hanging out. No, you don't want to hang out? That now you have a different talk with your friends. I really don't think I'm that bad. I don't think you're that bad either. I think you're great. So I don't really understand. Lately, I've tried to dip my toe in becoming more vulnerable with my best friends. Ask to meet their boyfriend's friends. Mention that I'd like to, uh, to set me up, them to set me up. That they're that they're bad wing women. Well, I don't. Think <laughs> I've tried to dip my toe into being more vulnerable with my best friends. Ask to meet their boy. Like if someone was like, "Hey, can I meet your boyfriend's friends?" and I'd like to get set up. And you guys are really bad wing women. You can't come with. You can't ask while also judging them. 
I get ruder the more uncomfortable I am. Yeah, this is, if I'm to give feedback, if someone said to me, hey, we should go out to dinner, but you're really bad at sitting at dinner with me. I'd be like, well, fuck you. I want to go out with someone who has a good time with me. I want to go out. Hey, hey, let's go get drinks. Can you not be on your phone while we get drinks? I would be self-conscious. You're always on your phone. I would be like, oh, well, I don't. I, I would think of that as more of a burden than a fun time. Hey, we should go get drinks, but can you not be on your phone? You're always on your phone, Jared. I'd be like, yeah, we can go out, but then I got to make sure I'm like extra careful about my phone. Do you know what I mean? So in this scenario where you go, hey, I want to meet your boyfriend's friends and I want to be set up and you're the worst wingman. You're not good wingwoman. I'd be like, oh, well now I, how do I be? I, that's so vague. How do I be better than who I've been in the past? Sometimes, I, and then you say, I get ruder the more uncomfortable I am. I think getting ruder is not the, the way to go, et cetera. Sometimes I just want to be able to tell them that I'm sad about feeling left behind as I see all of them advance the next stage of life. Aaron has told me, depending on the conversation, Either that, one, I would hate the boyfriend's friends. Two, um, I never like anyone she's brought to me. See, these are excuses to get out of it. So basically, why bother? She hasn't set me up with anyone, just pointed out a few uggos at the bar a couple of times. Well, again, this is too... <clears throat> I'm speaking to you, and I'm going to speak for them. So... This is twofold. It, it, it's a two-way street here. I would hate, when your friend says, I would hate your boyfriend's friends, or I never liked anyone she's brought to me, so basically why bother? She, and then you say, she hasn't set me up with anyone, just pointed out a few uggos at the bar a couple times. Referring to people she's pointing out as uggos is not really a great way to be a safe space to bring anyone new to. Ugh, he's ugly. Is different than, um, yeah, I'll go meet him. I think you're, you're going to get a lot more, what do they say? You get a lot more, you get a lot more licking with honey. I, I don't know. Like sometimes you got to get through the, the uggos and just meeting them and being, you know, sometimes it's about being cool. You know, it's like, I'll give an example. And this is, this is, um, I think this will relate. I remember when I was, um, I first started doing comedy, I got this manager. And the manager sent me on an audition. And I went on the audition and it was for some commercial. And I was really mad about it. I was like, I don't want to act. I don't want to do commercials. I hate, I'm not a good actor. I, I was so negative about it. And I, I'm like, I didn't go to school for acting, so why would I get it over someone who has and whatever and this and that and this and that. I'm like, why would he send me on something? And, and then I get there, and it's like the hottest day of the year. And by the time I got there, I was drenched in sweat. And the person behind the desk, I was like, hi, um, I'm here for... And then they're like, do you want to change your shirt? Like the person behind the desk. And I go, no, this is how I saw the part. Like joking, and then they didn't get the joke. And then I was just so negative. And then I went in to do the audition, and it went horribly. And I didn't take it seriously. I didn't know the lines. The person was like, do you want to leave and like get to know the lines before you come back in here? I didn't take it seriously at all. I was so caught up in the negativity of how much I didn't want to be there. And I remember I called my manager at the time saying, hey, can you... I was like, that was horrible. I feel horrible. It was bad. Why would you send me on that? Like, I don't know what I, what I was doing. I'm not an actor. I'm going on and on. They're like, well... But they book other things. That's why I sent you. There were, and I was like, well, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? They're like, well, who goes on an audition and doesn't do well? And I was like, you're right. And I had to think about that. I was, I was like, I was totally wrong. You know, if I'm going to go, go happily. Go and have a good time. Go be, go be the best you can be. And... I would say for you, when someone points to someone in the bar, and this is for everybody, this is, you know, I'm giving this advice to myself too. When someone says, hey, go, go meet my friend. My friend's across the bar. They're, they're uh, you know, and you go, ugh. Well, why would they want to audition you for anyone else? So I'm not, and, and again, 
it's very setups rarely happen from people your own age where they're like you two should go on a date it's very rare that it's more it's more likely they're gonna go hey we're at this bar and there's there's a few guys over there come over and hang out with us and they're less likely to do that if you're looking at those three guys going jenny has told me she doesn't know what to say to me Blair just says, I'm sorry, as people do when they don't know how to respond. Rory, Rory just pretends I didn't say anything, so they're ignoring you. I try not to be as a broken record. This topic is my bru- is my bruise, so bringing it up to them or anyone else it takes a lot of energy, and I avoid it as much as possible. Then I feel like I get shut down every corner when I do bring it up. This email isn't flattering to my friends. I know that. They're great. I, I'm going to say I understand your friends. They're beautiful, funny, bold, dependent. You don't have to do this. No, 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 no. But I do wish they'd be more compassionate on this issue and understand how much this is bothering me, regardless of my tough exterior. So, Jared, do you have any advice for me, or do we think this is something that I just need to weather alone or finally get that therapist? Therapy is always on the table, but I don't think you're wildly, you know, wrong here. But so, Jared, I was too. Blo- Let's get to the follow up. Jared, I was too bloody to marry deep when I sent the above email and forgot to add a little more context. I don't live in the same town as Aaron Blair or Jenny. I do live in the same town as Rory. That's important detail because there really aren't a lot of opportunities for a setup outside of the few weekends I drive to them. Well, this is that's a big deal for why they're not doing it. I live in the Midwest in a Midwest town that I moved to for my job as an adult, so I don't really have any friends here. It's a town where everyone seems to have gotten married in their early 20s. I'm, I'm a criminal attorney, so I really only meet either old defense attorneys or criminals. Rory is in a very serious relationship, and she doesn't, doesn't really have any interest in going out anymore. I know the answer is really just uh, move. No, that's not the answer, but I unfortunately am doing well at my job, so I'm here for the time being. Also, all the names I use are fake. Well, okay, I assume that. Yeah, this is just, she says, I hope these details paint a, uh, the big picture. I would say you need to... You've you've taken my advice and kind of lost the fun of it, in my opinion. Your advice for single people always includes having your friends bring you around their boyfriend's friends, but mine don't do that. Well, and then you, you're making that into a job and not a fun experience. To me, this is my opinion. Because, you know, when you say... I asked to meet their boyfriend friends and then in your bad wing women, you know, it sounds like a coach, like you guys better brush up on your wing womanness. I won't have it. Ship up or ship out. Like it kind of feels that way to me. And I'm just reading this as an outside perspective. So my opinion is these friends that live far away, let's create events for when you come to town, create big events create social events we in college we used to do a mustache bash kentucky derby you know the saint patrick's day there are things on the calendar coming up valentine's day do a galentine's day thing and i think nobody wants to be and and i understand all your problems are valid i totally get your problems And when you say, and I feel so much of this, sometimes I just want to be able to tell them that I'm sad about being left behind as I see all of them advance to the next stage in life. I think you have to, that's something you can impart to them individually. I think as a group, it kind of gets, it goes on deaf ears. I think you also have to like, play, we got to play this game a little bit smarter. Your friend Rory, who lives in your town. Rory is in a very serious relationship. She doesn't really have interest in going out anymore. That's just, she doesn't have any interest in going to a bar and sitting there and, and until two in the morning. I can understand that. Does she like getting nice dinners? Hey, let's, I think, and I'm not saying, maybe you're going to dinner with Rory and her husband or, or a serious relationship. Hey, let's do dinner. Hey, let's do something during the day. I think you have to showcase how fun, I think you have to get back to having fun with your friends and instead of making this a job. And listen, 
you and Rory can go have coffee during the day and you can tell her how you're feeling and, you know, feeling a little down about the dating stuff and, and then also go and have dinner with her husband and not talk about the dating stuff and have a good time. Again, you're, you know, this goes back to the auditioning story and I, I regret that audition so much. They're like, I remember the, my manager, he was like, yeah, they book all this stuff for the NFL. And I'm like, I, he's like, yeah, but this was, and I remember, I'm like, oh my God, they're only gonna think of me as the sweaty guy who is miserable. Of course they're only gonna think about me that, that way because that's how I act when we got to, when I got to the big shot. Your, your problem is so relatable. And I think there's a lot of people out there because, and I hear your excuses, but I don't agree with them. Let's create events that showcase you having the best time. Events you want to do. People, I hope you enjoyed this alone episode. We're here every Monday with your emails. I wish the best to this person and their friends. Wish the best to all of you. Keep sending the emails. We want some screenshot emails. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week. Boom.